This is the Acts 2028 podcast, where two young Church of God pastors discuss the challenges and victories we face in leading revitalization. I am TJ Samuel. I am Brian Seidel. I am in an urban context in Seattle, Washington. I am in a suburban and rural context in Boise, Idaho. I am in a liberal state. I am in a conservative state. My ministry background is in missions. My ministry background is in youth ministry. And yet we are both in our first lead roles. Help God revitalize the existing church in the Pacific Northwest. We are helping each other. And you. To truly live out Acts 20, 28. Hey, TJ. Uh, good to be back. We've actually seen each other in person quite a bit lately. It has you know, definitely been uh, kind of a crazy couple weeks and different stuff like that. But, but we did actually see each other in person a lot more, right, in the last month than, than probably the year before that. Yeah. So we kind of got a chance to meet more closer to your home turf. And then we also took it back east. And so, I mean, we had a couple opportunities, uh, again, both centered around ministry and, and um, opportunities to engage. The first one was probably, um, you know, one of my favorites. You've talked about it as far as a hobby for you as well, but we got a chance to support uh, Idaho FCA and play in their golf tournament and have a good time doing that. I know you got to play with your son. I got to play with yeah. some of uh, the guys that I was close with while I was back there as well. So um, oh, we've had a good time and a good chance to see that. And then not to be outdone, like we followed back up with that, the double down the next week and we were both in DC and Virginia together for a global strategy conference. So I'll let you maybe explain those a little bit more and um, yeah, I'll jump in when needed. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. So the FCA tournament, I think that's, again, it's one of their major fundraisers. And like you said, we both golf uh, and which is one of the reasons why we even connected at the first place, right. And just became friends is because we golf together, but, uh, but definitely the, uh, yeah, it was a fun tournament, you know, play in. And like I said, my, yeah, my son got to play. He, has, he was a, a last minute sub, but I will say, you know, again, we've talked about it on the podcast too, that, you know, that they were, went to your church for their mission trip. And, and so since then, Curtis kept telling me, he's like, dad, I gotta play. I gotta beat TJ. <laughs> I was like, well, which we did not beat you. So that, that was not, uh, you know, accomplished, but he did get to play. Uh, so, but, but, you know, when it comes to FCA and for maybe those that don't know, FCA is for fellowship of Christian athletes. It is a, a national, even worldwide missions organization, parachurch ministry. Uh, and they, you know, minister at a lot of different levels. I know here locally at FCA Idaho, they, they host a, a sports camp every summer. And I'd say all three of my boys have been to FCA camp and they've all had very significant experiences there. And so that's been uh, really great, even just from a parent, right, to, to see how my own kids were affected by camp. And so uh, that's been awesome. And so definitely uh, love supporting them. And Absolutely. again, the, you know, the, the, the mission that they're, that they're fulfilling in our valley, at least, uh, is, is tremendous. So, yeah, and, and, and hats off to that crew, right? So it's started by, you know, Kenny Lewis out that way. Ken Lewis does a great job as far as being the leader of that group, but he's got a great team behind him. Yes. And um, they do that. I know you've been a part of it. And you know, we talked about kind of just um, what's helped shaped us. And you got a chance to engage with them, not only going and helping at camps, like you said, your kids, 
you have the uh, youth background kind of thing as well. And so for me, uh, when I started out in ministry, uh, FCA was something that I was a part of even when um, I was in college. So I got to come back and lead huddles and do stuff for a select bunch of high schoolers. Um, so it's called a total release program. And they got an opportunity to come and train with all of us college guys that were playing sports. And so I got a leg up on the competition, but ultimately it was for the opportunity to have a huddle and have accountability and to go deeper in our faith as we were training. And knowing that one of the things I really enjoyed about FCA is, uh, I don't know if you know this, but I was trying to win, as you said, and, and probably uh, heads up, your, your son might've even got me that day. I don't know. But uh, the reality is um, it allows us to not compromise or to not feel like, you know, to be a Christian means you have to be soft. And I love that part that you use your gifts and your talents for the best of your ability and what God's given you with. And so you don't have to be a jerk about it. You don't have to be a showboat. You don't have to be all those things, the ego and stuff that we see with sports, but you can also point that back to all great gifts come from above. And whether that is a, a talent that you have or whatever, uh, God blesses uh, those people. And, and I love to see like-minded people that do that. So again, hats off to, you know, Colette who helps run the golf tournament and uh, Kenny Lewis and, and all those guys out there, that's why it's worth the trip for me to go back as well as, um, you know, like I said, as long as we still do well at the tournament, we're going to, we're going to be there to, to give it another go. So. Yeah. Well, you, well, your team, right. Like you said, those guys, you guys are the defending champion of this tournament, right. For how many years running now? Uh, yes, <laughs> this was year, year three. So um, yeah, there's just the, the tapestry of it's really good. There's good people, Part of it is, like I said, that it's a fundraiser. So there's yeah. a lot of good golf that has to take place, but there's also some opportunities to to uh, buy your score, and, perhaps, and, and do some. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Bill Buckner, it, it's the Bill Buckner Memorial Tournament. He was a huge supporter uh, for those of you that know baseball. Um, so yeah, his wife Jody's there, and they always have it. I think next year, um, you know, they're planning on having some of Buckner's uh, teammates, like Roger Clemens, and some of those guys show up uh, for this tournament. So it's always good. It's for a great cause. Anytime that, you know, we can connect, uh, our youth with a purpose, with, uh, an opportunity to show that, um, God's alive and that we can have fun doing those things. Uh, man, I'm all for it. And that's kind of a segue is too, is a little bit is, you know, that was part of our premise for going to the global strategy thing. And, one of the things I got a chance to present on, I got the privilege to share a little bit about uh, missions and impacting youth. And so that was just one small topical thing that we went over for a time there. But um, yeah, I'm super grateful that we got a chance to connect um, in both arenas. So yeah, yeah heads off to Idaho as well as Global Strategy. Yeah. So, and again, if for those that might be listening to the show that, uh, that aren't church of God pastors, I guess, or even if they are connected to church of God, right. That, uh, that global strategy is the world missions arm of the, of our movement of church of God. And so again, we, and so this meeting was missions, pastors and lead pastors, uh, you know, of course the smaller churches that don't have mission pastors, their lead pastor usually handles it. So, and now you and I are both in that camp, right? So uh, but yeah, but just, you know, this is a chance for us to gather and with the top leadership of global strategy and just to, to have some 
conversations and, and, you know, hash some stuff around and, and just, you know, discuss what, how we as churches can do missions better. And, and they love our input of how we feel like, you know, they can do global strategy better and, and, you know, different stuff, but, but definitely, uh, you, yeah, as I said, great time, great conversations, uh, you know, and, and just some fun hanging out with, with good people too. So that was, uh, that was a good time for sure. However, just being gone is always just, odd and that was one of the things we you know as we're both jumping on here again after being out of town last week and and again, it's been crazy um the last two three weeks in my house have been crazy i know you've had similar things we had covid hit my house and and so sickness and quarantines and doctors you know and then leading into just the busyness of life and so definitely this was now like kind of as we're recording this right this is my first kind of second day back in the office in a normal week what you know if there is a normal week it's you know i guess we just kind of laugh at that right but um right it's just been it's crazy but i think the reality is as we continue to work through and navigate through these things um the consistent is man obedience trying to be wise stewards but that also fits the platform in the podcast, right? That's when you have a, a pre-existing church is how do you come alongside? How do you do these things? And so, yeah, we, this isn't just a time to sit around and talk about it. These are things that we're having to practice and live on our own, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and again, that's, then that really is kind of the premise of what we talk about. I think is just for, you know, our audience knows that like, as we come to these topics, like we are living these with you. This is not something that we've, you know, figured out or have that, you know, the magic recipe. And, and, and honestly, that's kind of our heart for this show is that as you're, you know, in the mud yourself, you know, just hashing out ministry and whether you're a pastor or a leader in, in your church and just working through stuff, just know that we're alongside you and we're working through it too. Uh, and again, that thing, you know, that's one of the, the bigger missions or like um goals of global strategy is to come alongside the local church globally and i think that's again i know it's been a few years ago they kind of made that shift in, of, of their mission um and their their goal and, and i think that's i just i love that because it's just so true no matter where we are no matter what country we're in no matter what uh, culture we're ministering in you know and and again to pull that back in like for us right is whether it's an existing church or a, a new church plant or a, a you know revitalization or the healthiest church you've ever served in the reality is we all face these different issues and there's always something you know a fire to put out right or or the next season to to plan for uh you know the the, the struggle to pray through i mean there's there's all these things are always true and so i, I guess may that's just kind of as we start to say, like, as we're together with you on the show, we've been together, you know, physically the last couple of weeks is just to know that you're not alone. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's one of those things that, um, you know, I think biblically, we look at those points of when two or more are gathered, we look at the early church and sharing in those things. And um, if anything is we've had to recalibrate and re uh, establish our scorecard or rubric or, uh, priorities or whatever kind of term you want to use there, um, you know, being around like-minded, being around God people, um, those are what we have to, you know, try to do is to help to get through these times to remember, I mean, because you can get so lost in the culture of what's going on, what's taking place, you know, having been from Washington and in Seattle, uh, the craziness that we've gone through with 
divisiveness for um, the pandemic, or going to Idaho, um, to Virginia and DC, like every element of the last two weeks, every stop along the way was different. And, you know, that's not just the political element of it, or if you're a, a vaxxer or anti-vaxxer or any of those kinds of things that are meant to separate us. Um, I think that's one of the things, again, that creates unity is we want that with the church of God. And um, again, all these things are real. We can't run from them. They have a point. But at the same time, we also have this other saying that uh, Jesus is the subject. And so I think maybe to help keep us on track and to keep us focused as a mission statement, um, you know, like not to get too caught up on these peripheral things because they are here today, gone tomorrow. Some of them we're not in control of, um, but fix our eyes on, on God. And uh, he's the one that can, that can help change the outcome of those things far better than I could even attempt or allude to. So uh, yes. yeah, just absolutely. Which I think actually, I think plays a great segue into, you know, kind of our topic we have set out for today. And, you know, yeah, we, you know, we said we would spend just a few minutes kind of catching up on personal things in our life. Now, you know, more than a few, but that's okay. So, but the segue though, of what we're talking about, and like you said, is just relying on God's spirit. And I think we absolutely need to do that no matter what. And now though, as we think of bring up our topic for today and for the show that we had planned was to talk about um, our sermon prep, right. And our planning or our regular routines or whatever it is, because, uh, now for most leaders, right. Especially whether it's, I mean, if you're a pastor, most likely, especially in a revitalization or a smaller church is that not only are you, you know, leading the church and the missions and all those kind of things, but you're also speaking every week typically. Right. And so in the midst of, you know, running a church, Right. You are also um, kind of usually, which is probably one of the more common uh, tasks that every pastor deals with is preaching every week. Right. And, and how, how do we do that now? And again, I'm pulling the segue of that is that some people have the philosophy, right. Of like, I just rely on the Holy spirit. Right. And, and they just kind of do what comes maybe even in the moment. Right. And they're, you know, their prep routine is, um, is short, right? Is nothing, right? Potentially, right? Of well, I grab my Bible and I say a prayer and I walk on the stage, right? I, I mean, now again, I know that's a pretty far extreme. I doubt that there's probably any pastors that are probably really, really do that. Um, now, but then I, the other side, right? The other extreme potentially of sermon prep, right? Is uh, is planning and prepping very far in advance, right? And uh, even writing your sermon print and all the way down to everything is calculated and planned and scripted. Right. And I, I do know of pastors that literally just read their sermon verbatim off of their notes. Right. That basically on Sunday morning is, uh, what you see is literally just them reading their sermon. So, so, I mean, those are two extremes, right. Um, of, zero prep, right? All I need is a Bible and the Holy Spirit, right? Um, and then the other extreme, right, is from my perspective would be that it's so planned out, so completely word for word scripted uh, to where, you know, the actual delivery from the stage uh, is is done live, but is not, um, 
you know, but again, it's just, they're, they're reading it. Right. And, and now I think probably most pastors fall somewhere in between those, right. That there is, um, you know, and again, there's a wide range, you know, of ways that you can preach, right. Of strategies for that, of what your prepper teams look like, um, all those kind of things. And so this, I mean, this is a pretty vast topic. Uh, so, but I, I think probably maybe we'll just start with like, where do you fall in that spectrum? Just kind of where, what, what's your normal, again, there's that word again, right? Normal, um, normal week of sermon prep look like. Yeah. So I would say that I'm probably, um, I'm more on the not so planned part, like, and not full blown to, I'm just going to let the Holy Spirit lead me where it goes. But I think what kind of has shaped that or informed that we talked about a little bit is, um, you know, I think when you take on a role, usually to be a lead pastor, you've been a part of some other churches and you've been shaped by other leaders or mentors or things that, you know, have helped shape you. And I think, um, you know, some of those are, are good. Some of those are bad, but I think you have to find what works ultimately for you. I don't, I think, again, this is one of those subject matters that there is not one size fits all, but if I had an opportunity to um, speak into it, if you find yourself with what Brian just described as a definition, if you find yourself more to one side than the other, maybe try to work towards trying the other side just to see if it even works. That way, you know, you are in your sweet spot. But sure. for me, um, yeah, I like to not be so programmed. I mean, I think we've all heard those things, like even in the nuance of a, of a service that some churches put that thing down to like the 30 minute, 30 second mark, right? They're like, okay, we have this song, then we have this transition, then we have this. And it's like some people, like you said, by their definition, you're choking the Holy Spirit out of it, you know, room to, uh, move in the service. And, um, I think for me, I'm, like I said, a little bit more in between, like I may know where I'm going, but even in the week itself, like for sermon prep within the week, I take Mondays off. So when I come in, I have staff meetings Tuesday and we kind of get caught up and we run through the, the stuff, but uh, probably doubt myself a little bit of a procrastination that happens within that as well. Like I intend to get my sermon prep done throughout the week. Uh, but oftentimes if there's a need or we described a fire to put out and I'll probably go and, and try to do some of those things, which inevitably will land with me uh, making that up, you know, whether that's on Saturday or, or otherwise to finish, to make it to completion. But, but in doing that, one of the things that for me, that's important is I like to have the subject matter for that week because I feel like even if I had it planned uh, ahead of time, I feel like the Holy spirit, can give me examples that week, or if I felt led to speak on something, how many times have we like in sermon prep and plan had something like an illustration, whether that comes in our, our live and, and man, as we've had headlines left and right, um, even if you had pre-ordered that uh, subject matter, we've had a lot of headlines to where you can tie it back to something that's relevant and current. So I think for me, I'm more lax. Um, part of that is, again, little insight is, that I like to give illustrations or examples. And so I like to weave what's happening in current. I think you can do both. Um, I think I'm a weird anomaly, which you just described in yours. I think I can have uh, a subject matter that I know I wanna speak about that's there. 
um, but also be kind of loose with it. So I think I'd say I'm probably, if there was a center, I'd be a step towards more of the not as organized. I don't know that that's a, a proper word to use, but planned yeah. in the sense of, I still feel like it's planned. Um, there's no disrespect to, to those that do it or those that, um, that have that. But for me, it keeps me constant in my reliant upon God. And so, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll let you go. And, and then I'll talk about some of the resources and things that I've used because I've actually gone both ways where I've been completely um, head subject matter that we were rolling through like in a series. And then there's times where, you know, it, I felt led to go to a book or topical. So I yeah. don't have as much, uh, I can say in the last 18 months, I probably spoke <laughs> like as much uh, or more than I had in my, my ministry previous, because like you said, being the lead guy at a smaller church really requires a lot that falls to you and the expectation that you do that. So I'll let you hit it for a little bit and then I'll, I can jump back in on a few of those other things. Yeah, for sure. So so as you said, like you tend to lean a little more towards the, you know, not as prepared side. I, I would say that I also, I feel like I fall in the middle. Um, again, I do not script my messages. Um, I, you know, I, I take on just bullet point notes is what I take with me on the stage. And, and I don't, so I, I, when I started speaking, um, you know, as a college student and, and different things, I did start by completely scripting my sermons i would i would never well i would write them out word for word and then <clears throat> excuse me and then i would kind of bullet point from there and that's what i would take up with me so i've never read my sermons off but but i am definitely more of a prep person um and the in fact i, I kind of one of my biggest fears um probably in all you know we all have those kind of achilles heel kind of you know worries or fears, right? I think probably one of mine would be ending up uh, in a situation to speak when I'm unprepared, right? And so there, definitely that's part of where my comfort on the stage comes from is just knowing where I'm going and knowing that I've done the work to get ready to, to present what God needs me to present that day. So to say, I definitely lean more towards the planning side uh, but when it comes to delivery, I, I feel like I, I don't, you know, typically do what a lot of huge planners do, right. Which is script it out or memorize it or do those. Again, I don't do that. Uh, but I, I do plan a lot ahead. And I think, but similar to you though, like I said, I don't plan. Um, I don't typically write, I write my whole sermon until the week of, and I have a regular weekly routine that I go through. But I do plan out, um, plan out my sermons, my kind of teaching plan is what I call it for, uh, for topics, for series, for you know how many weeks we're going to spend on this on this book or you know whatever. And that I do plan that that big picture teaching plan. I I plan out a, about a year out. So to say that is I when my um, and I've settled into that. It hasn't always been that way, but definitely in the last. Uh, the last several years, most of my time at Oregon Trail, it has been that way. I have planned six months out to to even a year out. Um, and as far as, like I said, as far as base text that I'm going to use in that sermon, you know, or the series that we're going to do um, and, and those types of things. And so 
again, right now, like I have my sermons now planned out through the end of 2021. And the, um, and I've normally, what I've kind of settled into is in the fall, usually September, October ish, uh, is I go away typically on a, just a spiritual retreat by myself. And that's one of the main things I do on that retreat is plan out the next year of sermons. So, I, you know, I've found for me that, that that's really, like I said, that's kind of where I've landed and something that, that I find uh, comfort in. And I think one of the reasons why I'm, I'm there for a couple of reasons. One is I, I'm a big picture kind of guy. And so I like to be able to sit down with God for a couple of days and pray and seek the Lord. And again, and I would push back, right? Like kind of the pushback of the super planning, you know, person, um, is well again just like you said you're hindering the holy spirit and and from my perspective i say yes but the holy spirit is helping me as i plan right and so i'm i am trusting that the holy spirit is doing that and just kind of the side note of that like you said different headlines different things that have hit the news or our culture or things that we're dealing with is i, I can say in the last two years as i've planned out those sermons and kind of all that all those things even through the pandemic the shutdown all those things is i have not had to alter my teaching plan once right and the sermons that i've given you know in those series in the books we go through whatever it would be have been incredibly relevant in fact i i remember in the end of 19 when i did my spiritual retreat then and we planned out 2020 right of course not knowing what was coming right i mean we all had no idea what 2020 is going to be like and i remember though sitting back that that was one that time like like the planning process for me to get get the year planned out went very quickly like very easily like i was just sitting there and i remember sitting back after it was done looking at that and i'm like lord what do you know about this next year that i don't know right because i it's never come together that easily and 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 you know now looking back at it i'm like oh boy that was a long answer wasn't it like you know but to say that like everything that we that it just felt like everything that came up in the news that hit our culture that you know shut down i mean all of those kind of things was the things that i had that god and i had planned out for my teaching plan through that was uh, completely relevant at the time and so again, I, I look back at that and say, see how the Holy Spirit is involved in that process. Now, the other side is that what it does for me is it also as a, a Bible teacher, right? And I think that I, my, my job, right, as the preacher for our church is to teach our people the Bible, right? And to help them fall in love with the Bible. And that's one of the reasons I love to plan out, like I said, in those bigger chunks like that is because it helps me to see and to balance what I'm teaching. And, and so every year, as I look at that plan, what part of my kind of structure for that is to make sure that I cover, um, I do, I do one series out of a gospel every year. I do one series uh, that's based in the Old Testament every year. Um, I also do one that's based on, on a New Testament passage or book every year. Um, and then also we have, you have the holidays, right? So like the Christmas season, obviously you plan that every year, but then, and that's kind of similar things. And again, we could talk about those types of things. That's probably maybe another topic, right? Of like, man, how do you keep Christmas like interesting every year? Cause it's the same text and it's the same story. And, you know, year after year, what do you do? So like I said, that's probably a different topic, but, but like I said, I like to sit back there, you know, make sure that I cover all the major holidays, right? Like again, how do you, and, and I don't do a lot of like, holiday specific messages like again halloween comes like I, i'm not going to preach a halloween sermon right uh, but 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 again those other things i like to see that though like okay and again like this year halloween is on a sunday 
right? So again, maybe you dress it differently this year than you would other years, right? When it's on a Tuesday, um, you know, again, what like Mother's Day, Father's Day, I mean, they're kind of looking at, you know, there's some of those holidays that depending on your context and your viewpoint of those, some of them are more church, you know, type holiday things. Obviously, Christmas and Easter are big ones, right? And so, again, there's just, it helps me to be able to see that, but it also helps me to make sure that I'm teaching the whole Bible, right? Not just my favorite passages, not just, you know, just the gospels all the time or, you know, whatever it would be. Um, and, and I usually, um, usually throw in a topical series in there, but that, that's not my sweet spot. And I've, I've learned that the more that I've, that I preach that, that topical sermons just aren't who I am. Like I, I I'm a lot better. I feel, and just who I am in my personality, I'm a lot better at, at covering books, you know, taking, going through books in a series or, you know, whatever. Again, in some of our message series is we're not super creative with the titles always, you know, literally it's just, um, you know, Romans. I do plan out, you know, the series is and, and those kinds of things. And I found that really helps the rest of my teams, like our worship team, you know, my worship leader likes to try and plan music that kind of goes along with the sermons. And so, you know, I may, I'm able to give her that message plan and, and she can, she can pick, you know, again, the Holy spirit can guide her and picking the songs and stuff from that, you know, further ahead than just the week of. So again, I mean, it does help with that. It does kind of help as well as it with, uh, you know, thinking about bigger picture, like illustrations, or, you know, when we talk about some of the different resources we use or those kinds of things, like, you know, if we know that, and everybody knows, right. That like, that um, just example, when we finish right now, the series, our next series is, uh, is season in the minors. We're going to go through, you know, different minor prophet books. And so, you know, everybody knows that's where we're going. And so, you know, whether it's worship team, you know, production team, I mean, the, you know, even kids team, if they want to, you know, take some time and be like, Hey, let's, let's look at, you know, Jonah and, you know, some of the, the kind of kid friendly minor prophets at the same time as their parents are learning about it. So it does help with that a lot. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess is kind of a, a thing too. This is, you know, we all have our different gifts, talents, abilities, and those things. I think for me being an athlete, uh, kind of from the standpoint, I think, you know, we're always more critical of ourselves, but for me, and I mean, I think I've been on every spectrum of trying out uh, what <laughs> what fits best uh, from, you know, writing the whole thing out. And I still have like a, a follow along thing, so to speak, from the standpoint of for a media team. So they know when I'm going to put the verse up there and stuff, because I think you get a chance to do some of that in post-production where that's part it shapes ours of the day of so like we record what you get it's live stream it's those things it's there i have to have all that ready so there is some of those i can't skirt so shout out to the media teams and worship pastors that uh do want that stuff earlier it is relevant obviously so um i think but it was the biggest area of growth for me i mean and it still is because i'm probably more critical of myself it wasn't something that's there and in fact i'm a little bit um shaped in a different way. You know, I've served under pastors that, um, man, if, if they could be in the pulpit every Sunday or at least 48 plus out of the year, that's their desire. And I don't know that that's necessarily my thing. And maybe what kind of shapes that is, um, you know, schooling wise and stuff like that, like, um, I have a degree in business administration as well. 
and uh, the business school that I was at, there was like a guy that, I mean, I'm, I'm probably over-exaggerating, but it felt like every third class or something was from this professor. And I always felt like it gave a bent to um, business through the eyes of that professor. It wasn't necessarily shaped by other people or those things. And in fact, there might've been people that specifically going back to preaching now that have worked uh, through those things in their own testimony, that's more relevant than myself. And so I don't hold that tight. Like for me to get up there and speak about being a grandparent, I have no idea what that truly means. Um, So vicariously, I mean, I can speak to what I've experienced through my parents, to my kids and so on and so forth. But to speak with a candidness of what that truly means that I've experienced, I just don't have that uh, life experience or depth at this point. So I think that I'm always more critical on myself. This is one of the areas where I felt like, TJ, you got to get better. And even on Sundays, um, you know, I'm probably always most critical of myself. And so uh, I think that that's there. I want to transition a little bit about one of the things I heard while we were in Virginia was um, they talked about seven sacred Sundays. So even when you're planning and you're prepping, you know, we talked about on a previous episode is uh, how do you take care of yourself? So the thought behind the church that we're at was um, seven, seven sacred Sundays. So it was intentional that you would take those seven Sundays off from the capacity of what you normally did. So if you were a pastor, if you had those roles, if you had these things, you'd find ways to um, engage in a different way. Oftentimes that could mean just not even being there. So Again, this is different for each church. They have a bigger staff. They have the ability to do that. But I think kind of if I understood the context was uh, if you were a value to your church, couldn't you be a value to those that you were serving that day if you found a way to engage in a meaningful way? So that was one thing. I want to talk about a little bit about um, when I don't have the answers, uh, which is quite often, but if we have this part where we're just going through the pandemic, I felt compelled especially with a new congregation to maybe reestablish a baseline like so what is our biblical knowledge i know that there was a lot of people that walked with the lord for for decades but you can't always assume especially being a bible teacher that just because someone's come up in the faith they understand all of those things or they've heard all of those stories or they maybe haven't just been presented like you said you did well breaking it down in different uh sects uh there of not just old testament or new testament or you know, that they haven't only heard the New Testament part. And so I felt like, well, let's go back to the word. And um, so I wanted to find something that would help communicate that. So we chose as a church, or maybe I chose for us to study um, the story. So for those of you that aren't familiar with it, you know, uh, Max Lucado, Randy Frazee, um, 31 weeks, uh, 30,000 foot view. I mean, there's days where you're going through on a Sunday, like, a whole series unto itself, but you just kind of have to go over it. But it established a baseline of where are we at as a congregation. It reminded us of these things. And when I don't have the answers, instead of just throwing a random topical thing out there to try to be relevant or some kind of word of woke or, or whatever it is that we're trying to do at that moment, yeah, I was able to get back into God's word and we were able to do that. And so I guess the value add from there were some of the things that you just talked about, which were uh, connectivity um, for both like our children's, our worship, everyone knew where we were going to be for 31 weeks. 
in the subject matter that was going to be there. And so I think, again, in this time, I've experienced both. And in that way, um, I could see the value add that we had a clear and concise roadmap. And again, each Sunday presented itself uh, a new opportunity to draw a parallel, a relevancy. Um, but I, I do see the value in that, that there was the opportunity to go through a series or an accompaniment kind of thing that allowed all of us to be on the same page. So that was yeah. you know, iron sharpens iron. The kids got a chance to chat with the parents about what they learned um, and so on and so forth. You, you threw Jonah out there. So um, yeah, I feel like that was a, a huge win for us. I don't know that it always has to be that way. I, I don't think that I'll always go that way, but I saw the value in just coming off of that, that we were able to um, know where we were going to go. Everybody was on the same page. We had the same understanding and uh, yeah, I'm grateful that we did that. I don't know that I could be painted in that box every time, but I definitely know that um, that was a value add for our church family. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I, again, I think to respond, one thing to respond to that is, is that that's been my experience as a pastor. I think that you, and, and I think that's an important thing for everybody who teaches scripture, right? To whether it's preaching from the stage or leading a small group or whatever you is don't assume that everybody knows the Bible story you're referencing, right? Like, like never make that assumption because the reality is that the, the biblical knowledge of people even ones that have been sitting in the pews for most of their lives is, is shockingly low. And so again, I think, I think, you know, sometimes we do make that assumption, right? We're like, Oh, you know what? I don't have to read the story. Everybody knows about David and Goliath. That, that's not true. Right. I mean, there are people, especially in our culture and, and the more post-Christian our culture becomes and with every generation that gets removed from that, right. Is that there are people that are going to, be in your church or listen to your sermon or your live stream or whatever it is that have likely never opened the Bible. And so, you know, out, outside of, you know, again, the sports reference of the David and Goliath reference, right. Of the underdog outside of that, they have no idea who David is. Right. Or why he's significant. Right. Or who Jonah is or who Moses. Right. I mean, like, like I said, I mean, literally if you ask, you know, again, it's kind of the, the, you know, old dumb joke right about hey how many you know how many animals did moses take on the ark right and everybody always answers two and it's like no moses didn't have an ark right like there i mean when you throw that out there people have no idea right like what these biblical characters did so i think that's one thing and which is awesome like to do something like this story is that it gives people like you said a common foundation and just an overview of just what are the big biblical characters and their stories and how does the Bible fit together and, you know, and all those kind of things, because, and, and, and I feel like we should spend a little more time as pastors and teachers, um, you know, giving this foundation of, of just what the Bible is and how it's made up and what's in it. Right. And why it's important. Yeah. And I think that there's, um, like you said, really good opportunity. I heard things just like from our congregation of, man, I kind of forgot about that story or I kind of had that story uh, a little bit off. Like I, I, I remembered the, the clip notes, the, the bullet points, but I, some of those nuances and, and some of the things, the details in there, like God spoke to me in a new way that I was able to um, 
resonate with me. You know, it was different than when my mom read me the Edgar Myers uh, Bible or something like sure. that. So they were really um, appreciative to go. So yes, establishing a baseline um, was, was really helpful. And so I'm grateful we did it. Uh, you know, it has its benefits when you can do those things again, like we didn't get a chance to do talk a, a bunch on this one about this part of planning and prep, but when you're down to that part um, and when you have other pastors accountable to you or, or otherwise, it allows you to pick this up and go deeper. Even if you are surface level, maybe a little bit more on Sunday, instead of just meet, like Paul would say, you can pick that up and you can subsidize that uh, throughout the week with small group studies and things like that. If everyone knows where you're going, that those can be the avenues that like I found the small groups became more significant in that role because when I'm going over like seven stories or something like that, it's like, guys, you need to be reading this on your own and we need to be getting deeper into this because there's just no way in a Sunday I can cover 400 years of the Bible. So yeah, exactly. um, whatever that, that may be. So having those things I think would be another way. So if you find yourself um, and maybe it's a lay person that is leading that group for you at your church, but yeah, don't, don't just punt on the planning and prep and subject matter from that standpoint. Know that if you don't get as deep as you want, that you're afforded other ways. And whether that is small groups, whether that is um, supplemental guides with additional questions that maybe you did in your sermon prep that you didn't get a chance to go over, that you can uh, disseminate, whether that's uh, through a midweek email or something else that you guys have as a follow-up or post it on your website. There's other ways to still engage with your congregation outside of Sunday. Because one of the things, like you said, was I wrote down, help them to fall in love with the Bible. But also outside that is the application piece. How are you using this? Like, don't just come on Sunday for this purpose. We want to know if you're using this, you know, Monday through Saturday as well. Yeah. Well, again, I think that's honestly, I feel like that's a lot of, of where you see the effectiveness of the teaching on Sunday is if they are, still thinking about it, still processing it, living it out, you know, Monday through Saturday. And, and because the reality is right. Like that's what a relationship with God is. I, I mean, we don't just want people to come and only think about God on Sunday morning. You know, like, like the idea is we need to set the table for them on Sunday morning and fuel them for, to live their faith the next six days, right. Before they come back to be refueled, whether it's through corporate worship, corporate teaching, all those kind of things. Right. And I think, and again, it goes back to even us asking the question is what is my role as the preacher? Right. And again, what does God need me to accomplish with that, you know, 20 minutes or to an hour, you know, however long you preach, right? Like the reality is that's a very small sliver of people's lives. Right. And so, I mean, yes, it's important time. It's we need to take advantage of that time we have. But the, the reality is, is that, um, you know, their faith is not going to, you know, rise and fall 100% on what you preach on a Sunday. Right. I, I mean, the, the true effectiveness of, of church of them moving forward in their faith, right, is what they're going to do the other six days. So, right. but, but now again, I think to, to that said, I, I'd like to end if we can just kind of run down through what our regular weekly routines look like. Cause again, both of us are speaking every week now again, for the most part. I mean, we still have Sundays that we don't speak. Right. I mean, I think there's, whether it's, you know, I mean, it's every pastor does, like you said, some, maybe even ones that it's most would be probably 48 weeks a year. Right. You know, where, cause obviously you're going to have a, 
vacation day or uh, we, I hope, you know, you'll have some weeks, right. That you're not speaking, you know, down, down. And you, and we've seen there's different philosophies. And like you said, it changes with different churches and staff sizes and those kinds of things of how often you each uh, one person might speak. But, um, but to say that is uh, as we look at that uh, part of my routine and, and, and as I go through my regular work, weekly routine is that that is kind of the, the foundation of our small groups. And we have several small groups in our church that do sermon discussion, follow-up questions. And so I write those every week along or whoever does the sermon writes those. Right. And so, um, so again, through my prep process, I usually end up with, I cut out more than I give on a Sunday morning. Right. And so, uh, but that's where those questions come from typically is just those passages. I don't have time to get, or that topic. That's just like you said, the next level down because Sunday where, I mean, Sunday is a shotgun approach, right? Like, I mean, it's spreading out over all kinds of demographics of people. Right. And so, you know, that, that message has to hit for the person who's never opened the Bible to one that's been walking with God for, for their whole life, you know, and that may, might have more even scriptural knowledge than I do. And so, so again, that's, and that's a challenge, I think for every speaker, right. Is like, how, how do you shoot it wide for all of those people? And so, like I said, that's one of our strategies within our church is that, that we do dig, dig deeper through the week, through our groups and through, through that. But so my regular, like my regular day off is Friday. Uh, and I know you said like yours uh, is, is a different day and I'll, I'll let you cover that. But but I, I like Friday because um, through my regular routine of prepping for the sermon um, is that my goal is to have it completely done uh, by Thursday when I go home so that Friday is kind of my Sabbath day where I don't have to worry about this sermon at all. And so um, again, I obviously deliver it on Sunday. When I come in on Monday, I start prepping for the next week's sermon on Monday. And like I said, I already have um, I know what series we're doing and kind of the main, the big idea of what the sermon's going to be or the base text for my sermon has already been decided, right? As I've said through that teaching plan. And so, which, and that's one of the reasons I do that as well is because I found that my weekly prep is a lot simpler, right? Because I can dive right into the meat of my research and study on that specific text or topic. Um, because, and I found when I was early on speaking that I would spend half of my prep time narrowing down my topic, right. Or narrowing down my text. And so, um, that's what, so that's what I do in my, my big teaching plan. So I don't spend any time the week of narrowing down my topic or my text. I are, that's already been done before I start the week of. And so then, but I literally start on Monday and I, I'm a, just kind of a little bites at a time. I mean, I, I work on it kind of Monday, Tuesday, uh, and Wednesday is I, I just, I just chip away at it. Right. And whether that's, um, you know, ruminating in the text, praying over it, uh, reading commentaries, looking at extra resources, finding, you know, those, all those kind of research phases, kind of those first couple of days. And I just fit it in between everything else. Cause there's always other stuff going on. And so, you know, there's, like I said, I've, heard of no people that they're like they just go in their office and shut the door and they're in there for four hours and they come out like i'm ready you know like like that's not me i i just can't do that like i'm too add i guess is like i i can't sit down and focus that intensely um but so but my goal though is to have my outline so we we put an outline in the bulletin is i have my outline done the handout is done by the end of day on wednesday um and then on thursday is uh is is kind of my kind of final prep through that of like, of in my notes. And like I said, I have my bullet point notes and I write the discussion questions on Thursday, typically, right? That's like a normal ideal week. 
Um, and then, so by the time I go home from work on Thursday for my day off on Friday is like, my message is completely ready to deliver other than one piece is, uh, is I, I make my own PowerPoints and, and I, I've, I've always done that. That's just part of my own routine. Um, but, and then I make my PowerPoints on Saturday and I always purposely leave it till Saturday. Um, and that's because then I go back as, as so ideally, right. And I a week, I have not, I let it rest on, you know, Thursday night, Friday, even on Saturday. And then, um, and then I come back to it on Saturday afternoon or Saturday evening when I make my PowerPoint for Sunday. Um, but I do that just so that it forces me to, to review it again on Saturday before I step up there on Sunday. So that's, that's my regular, uh, weekly routine. Yeah. And I would say mine's pretty quick just to, you know, like I have Mondays off, um, and part of that is because I push hard to the weekend. So like I ramp up for the weekends. Um, and that's different now, you know, because I, uh, the boys are playing football. So I have two football games on Saturday that I'm going to. So, uh, again, there's not one size fits all season yeah. happen, uh, literally like sports seasons, but snapshot into now would be, yeah, I come in Tuesday. I spend most of my time getting established, getting back on my feet. Uh, from the weekend and having our staff meeting and then I'll kind of try to pluck away but I'm the opposite I got to have less distractions when I'm doing it so I find for me the best prep time is in the margins so it's like when the child center and everyone's kind of out of the building and or um, you know like a a Saturday you know after we have like a a men's group kind of thing then I can sneak in here and not be um, distracted from those things. And so uh, those end up being probably the most uh, sacred times that I can use is, is when I can be undivided um, because there's always something that is trying to pull from that. So, yeah, I think for me, um, and then I have to email that to our media team so they have that ready, like I said, for verses and all those things for Sunday morning. So sometimes I'm sure they get that later than they want in the week, but, uh, yeah, we, we make it work, but yeah, I, I think be flexible know what it is, have a plan. I think not putting it all to the last minute, obviously like you do is, is helpful. Um, but I, I think there's always room where, I mean, I can think back to the very beginning of this, I came in on a Saturday and it was like someone had just passed the first COVID death that was documented in the U S was in a suburb of Seattle called Kirkland. And I threw that in. It was like, Oh, there's this COVID thing, you know, as we're like working through this, someone not knowing again, that we would be in this tailspin of just uncertainty for the next, you know, year and a half plus. So um, it was, again, like you said, whether that's doing your PowerPoint or those things, it's a living, breathing thing like God's word for me. And so it continues mm-hmm. to take shape throughout the week. And so I think, again, the better prepared I am, at least even in subject matter, like you said, um, if that lives and breathes, it's just something that continues on throughout the week that by Sunday, it's different than it was, you know, on Tuesday for sure. sure. So, yeah, that's it. Yeah. And, and I think with that, let just, I think you said it great, right. Is that again, our two routines are very different, 
Right. But, um, but yet we end up at the same place on a Sunday. Right. And again, some of that, again, our personalities are different, right? Like our, our phase of life are somewhat different and kind of those kind of things as well. And so, again, I think the, the point being find what works for you. Right. And, and yet, and, and which I do. And again, some people are like, how can you plan out a year and ahead? Don't you? I'm like, Oh, I hold it with open hands. Right. Like, I mean, I, I, you know, we, we've adjusted it many times, uh, you know, all the way. So again, I think just like you said, be flexible, find what works for you and what works for your teams and your structures. And then, and, uh, and ultimately though, is just, which we've kind of danced around it a few times. Right. But just rely on the Holy spirit to speak through you. And again, and there are times, even like I said, as prepared as I am, there are times though I stand on the stage and I say things that I hadn't thought of yet, right? You know, that, that I completely feel like it's just when the Holy Spirit takes over, right? And, and then there's other times on the other side of that, right? Where I've had things planned out and I skip it, I skip it in my notes because I feel like the Holy Spirit's like, Brian, don't say that, you know, <laughs> like, you know, or whatever, just kind of in the moment. And so, so again, I think that that is ultimately is just what I find what works for you, but also make sure you leave room for the Holy Spirit and, you know, hold it with open hands, keep pressing on, right. Continue on uh, leading well, and uh, we'll be back with you next time. Yeah. God bless you guys. Acts 20, 28. So guard yourselves and God's people. Feed and shepherd God's flock, his church, purchased with his own blood, over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as leaders. The Acts 2028 podcast is a broadcast production of In His Grip Publishing. Our theme music is Achievement by Giovanni Bruno. We'd love to hear from you on our social media accounts or through email. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at Acts 2028 Podcast. Or send us an email at acts2028podcast at gmail.com. Please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, leave us ratings and reviews, and even give us your email so you can be notified of new episodes. Thank you for listening. And until next time, we hope that you will lead wherever God has put you. And together we can all live out Acts 2028 as we serve in the established church.